Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic, also here in Orange County, and I also use she, her pronouns. Today, we're talking to Kate Bean. She is the wife of Taylor's cousin, Eric, mom to three lively boys, former and future foster mama, and while she holds two master's degrees, she currently works part-time from home as an administrative assistant so she can be with her boys. She loves to read and go camping with her family. Her guilty pleasure is The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and she can often be found daydreaming about the one week she and Eric spent in Cancun without kids. Kate, welcome to Birth Reimagined. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well, um, as well as we all can be, right? <laughs> yeah. crazy, crazy times. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Kate, so we said you have three lively boys. Uh, how many are were birthed by you, and how many are your fosters? Sure. So I have um, an eight-year-old. He would tell you he's eight and three quarters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is bio. Our middle son, uh, who is five, is adopted. And our youngest son is three, also biological. Oh, very cool. Um, so we invited you onto the show today to kind of talk about, um, your story because you have such a unique story with having biological children and adopted children and you foster. Um, so can you, can you kind of tell us about your journey into motherhood and what that looked like for you? Yeah, you bet. Um, I always wanted to be a mom as long as I can remember and um, my husband and I were, we went to grad school together. We were wrapping up grad school and had decided that we would um, enter the workforce for a year or two and then start growing our family. Um, prior to that, at, uh, at an appointment with my gynecologist, um, I had described some symptoms and she said it sounded like I could have PCOS, but that wouldn't really matter until we started trying to have kids. Um, so I didn't think about it and thought, you know, that's okay. Cause we're not ready for kids. Anyway, we graduated from, uh, our master's program and had some student loan money left and decided to celebrate by going to Hawaii. And we brought home an extra surprise from, from Hawaii that we were not expecting. So <laughs> my, our first my oldest son was quite a surprise and um, had no issue, you know, was not trying to conceive, had no issues throughout pregnancy, um, had a very healthy pregnancy, delivered him, um, yeah, vaginally with, with, with no issues, no problems. Um, and so we just thought, okay, um, this, this is great. We don't, I don't have PCOS. Um, it won't be an issue. Well, I, when he was about a year and a half, we decided to start trying um, for um, a second child. And um, that began a 
four, five-year journey through um, multiple miscarriages and infertility. Um, I was never diagnosed with PCOS. Um, it just, it was just kind of unexplained. Didn't know what it was. I would, I got pregnant once a year and, um, through all the trying, that was all I could, uh, yeah. And lost, lost two. And between the first two miscarriages, so I should back up and say also, um, my husband and I had talked about possibly in the future down the road, we wanted to have some biological kids of our own, and then we would foster and even potentially adopt. That was, that was the dream. Um, and so between, after our first miscarriage, um, we had been, you know, kind of talking and thinking like, well, should we consider this? Um, and out of the blue, 10 o'clock one night, I got a message from my pastor's wife saying there's a lady in our church who is about to have her son removed by CPS. She's looking for someone to take him so he doesn't go into the system. Would you guys take him? Well, that's, oh, wow. that's, yeah, that's a big, <laughs> and, and this was a message on, you know, a Facebook message. So it wasn't even like, it was just world shaking. Um, so we, we began to, um, well, anyway, so long story short, uh, we ended up taking in her son thinking it would be really, we really thought it would be a few weeks, maybe a few months, um, based on what we were hearing from her CPS just kind of didn't know the whole story. They were overstepping their bounds. Um, and so he would be with us, you know, max, max a month or so while they, it all got sorted out. And then he got back with her. Mm -hmm. He ended up staying with us for 11 months, um, and he needed to. She was not in a good place. Um, and so that is how our journey into foster care very abruptly started. Uh, we were not fostering when he was first placed with us, but we got our license um, during that time. Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, he stayed with us for 11 months. Then he went back to her. Um, and shortly, no, before he went back to her, uh, during that time, I had my second miscarriage. That's right. Um, and so we, then he went home. Uh, she, and I would like to say that she, his mom and I, even to this day, have a great relationship. Um, it it wasn't always good uh, throughout, but now she is a dear, dear friend and we get to keep in touch. We get to watch him grow. And that's pretty cool. Oh, that's so special. That's really yeah, cool. It, it, it really is. Um, through, through heartache and pain has come a very beautiful um, story out of it. But um, so then um we just, we took a few months off. Uh, we still, we had, you know, still, we'd gone through the second miscarriage. And so we just really finally, and we had throughout this, we had also been taking medication to help us get pregnant. And 
um, finally came to a point of deciding, okay, we will not be able to have more biological children. So we are going to pursue adoption. Um, so then we became a foster to adopt family and no sooner <laughs> did we make that decision and open our home to be placed with an adoptive placement, then I get pregnant. <laughs> of course. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we found out we were pregnant and about two weeks later, we got a phone call saying there is um, a 13 month old boy, potentially adoptive. Would you like him? Uh, would you want to take him? We said, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because first of all, with my history, we didn't know if the pregnancy would even last, but also even if it did, we had already said, we want to adopt, we want to pursue this. And just because we're pregnant doesn't change that based on where we had come through our journey. Um, so our son, our to become son <laughs> came into our life. And, um, that was in December and we ended up because of how the system works and everything that goes on. It was over a year and a half later before we finally adopted. Um, but he was ours, you know, the moment it's, it was amazing. I had no, we had very little information about him. Very little when we, when they asked if we would take him, we knew he was 13 months old. I didn't even know if he was walking yet. I didn't know if he had, we didn't know if he had, you know, some, um, challenges or we knew very little information. Uh, I didn't even have a picture. I didn't know what he looked like or anything. And the, the caseworker showed up at our door on a Friday night. Uh, I opened the door to this little boy and my heart said, hello, son. Like I knew it was this amazing, beautiful moment of here's my child. <laughs> Here Aww. is my son. Um, and there, there at the time, um, there was still uncertainty because um, his mom's rights had not been fully terminated. There was a hearing set for termination, um, but she still had a chance to turn, you know, turn it around. Um, and so, but I just, I just knew I looked at him and my heart knew he was my son. It was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. That's something that I cherish often to this day is thinking about that moment. That's, That's beautiful. So, beautiful. <laughs> so that was in December when we welcomed him into our home and that third, uh, fourth pregnancy, um, took <laughs> I got to keep him and he was born the following July oh wow that is beautiful Kate I mean that kind of soul connection is stunning and then to be blessed with another biological child like so soon afterwards so tell us about that birth after the miscarriages and the fostering like tell us about that particular birth story sure sure um so with my first child I thought I want to do this naturally and unmedicated. Um, you know, I got this. Um, and I think I labored for a few hours unmedicated before I finally gave in and said, nope, <laughs> give me the drugs. 
Um, and so, but with this one, I thought, and I should also say that my first child weighed about six and a half pounds at birth. Um, so, and he was over 20 inches long, but um, so small. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, I decided I wanted to try a natural birth again. Um, and I thought I have small children. Uh, my first pregnancy or my first birth lasted, my first labor, excuse me, lasted seven hours. Um, and you know, this, I, you hear all the time, the second one is much faster. So I thought, okay, it'll be less than seven hours. I make small babies. I got this. I can do this. So I decided to do it naturally. And, um, my, my OB, <laughs> uh, she was like, why, why would you want to do that? And I said, well, I just, I think it's such a beautiful thing. Our bodies were created to give birth and, and I want, I want to experience it. I want to be fully present. I want to, I just want to be all in. I want to experience this. And she said, I don't think that you'll be able to do it. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, thanks for the and vote of I, that confidence. Was after she told me that she did it. She said, now I, I was, I gave birth to my naturally, but I had, um, her, her reason for doing it was, uh, religious. And so she said, I had a, a reason, but I, I, it was a kind of, it was a beautiful reason. Her reason was that, um, she believed that if, that her pain could help release and uh, enduring her pain could help release souls from purgatory. So, you know, that, those are her beliefs and, and that's great. So that was her reason. Um, and I guess she didn't think that I had a good enough reason. And so I wouldn't be able <laughs> to endure. Oh boy. And okay. I almost wonder though, if she knew what she was doing, because once you tell someone they can't do something or, you tell me, I'm like, oh, mm -mm. what? Hold my wine. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So. Um. Yeah. So part of me was also hearing her in my head saying, "You can't do this," and I was like, "Girl, I'm gonna do this." <laughs> <laughs> um. This labor was uh much longer it was 13 hours and my third child weighed almost nine pounds he was eight pounds 15 ounces and almost 22 inches long he was a big baby um but i did it i did it i didn't i i yeah pushed through and i y'all i I just felt so powerful when it was over. Like I was well, like, I yeah. am a woman. Hear me roar. I felt yeah. like, yeah, like I just so powerful and incredible. This thing that I had done and accomplished. And, um, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. It really was. Um, there's, there's this kind of magic that you tap into yes. when you have a baby. And yes. it is unlike anything else you experience. It's it just, is. I had both of my kids vaginally unmedicated and yeah, it's just, it's just different. It is. And that's not to say there's nothing wrong with having a baby via C-section or, or anything. It's just, it's just different. It's a different thing. So I totally understand when you're talking about that, like I am woman, hear me roar, like, that is the motto of our family. Like that, in a family that is mostly females, as the Bjorklund family is, yes. that is the motto of the family. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. I can hear Aunt Valerie saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and yes, I, I would in no way want to take away from uh, women who use uh, medication or who have C-sections. Like, we are all awesome. We create life and we bring forth life into this world, however it comes, and that is amazing and um, miraculous, frankly. So, But just ever, after everything you'd been through, this was like... Yeah so validating and just so like you said, like you said empowering mm-hmm. so that is totally understandable and totally great and i had been prior to um that birth i had been um going through a a book study with my church um called jesus feminist and um one of the in, in one of her one of her oh chapters she she talked about this idea of um leaning into the pain not fighting the pain but leaning into it and she does a great job unpacking that but I used that when I was in labor and it was really amazing when I would try to resist a contraction and when I would just tense my whole body it was much worse than when I just relaxed my body and leaned into the contraction, let it happen, let it come. That's what allowed me to get to get through it was to lean into that pain and um, not not fight it. Um, yeah, so when I tell people or when I talk to women who want to give birth naturally, that's something I always tell them is th- the pain has a reason and a purpose and don't fight it. Lean into it and, you know, you got this, mama. So I actually want to jump in here to talk about the physiological part of that, of why that is. And I'm actually going to read a quote from the book Doulas by Susan Ross. And so um, she's talking about where pain comes from and why we experience pain during birth. Um, So she says, to understand what causes pain in labor, we need to look at how the uterus functions when a woman is fearful and has unresolved anxieties. The uterus has to be the most extraordinary design of all organs in the body. For the purpose of looking at fear, we'll focus on the muscle layers, which are designed to work in perfect harmony. There are three layers of muscle in the uterus. There's the outer layer, which consists of longitudinal muscles aligned up and down with your baby. The middle layer is composed with of fibers running in all directions and matted closely together to support the larger blood vessels. And then there are the circular muscle fibers, which run horizontally and surround your baby. These are thickest at the bottom half of the uterus, just above the opening to the uterus and the cervix. Um, In order for this outlet to open and allow your baby to easily move down through and out of the uterus and into the birth path, these lower thicker muscles have to relax and thin as the longer, the stronger longitudinal fibers concentrated at the top of the uterus tighten and draw up the relaxed circular muscles at the neck of the uterus. They cause the edges of the cervix to progressively thin and open. Um, So, Basically, what she's saying is, is is exactly what you were saying. So when your body is tensing and fighting, those longer longitudinal muscles, you're contracting them so they can't help 
pull those other muscles gently out of the way. And that's why it hurts more when we fight against that and when we surrender and we trust in our bodies that our bodies know what's happening and know what's going on and how to do that work. And we just let go of that fear. Our, our bodies take over and we're able to birth a lot less painfully. And, and a lot of women have talked about being able to birth completely pain-free if we can, can let go of that and surrender. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Our bodies are amazing. <laughs> no, that was really informative. So yeah. So you were in so much less pain once you, you kind of gave into that surrender. So mm -hmm. what happened then? Um, I, yeah, I just remember, I mean, I remember all of it. I've heard so many people say, you forget the pain. No, it was quite painful. I do not forget it, but the pain was worth it. The pain was a hundred percent worth it. Um, yeah. So, um, brought him into the world. He has the biggest head ever. <laughs> he still does. <laughs> love him but uh <laughs> uh yeah so now Kate are you guys planning on adopting or fostering more yeah we are so we really thought that by this point so so the reason we stopped fostering was actually because we moved we were living in south texas we now live in north texas and so we had to close our home <laughs> because we moved to a new home um and then once we moved, we needed time to really just settle in and collect ourselves as a family and figure this out. And then we thought within within a year, we would be fostering again. Well, um, when it came time to kind of start getting licensed again, um, our world entered a pandemic and <laughs> it has just been so chaotic and crazy since then. I currently, um, this semester I have been homeschooling our eight year old. He's in third grade because virtual school just was not working for him at all. And, um, I also, before all this happened, um, was asked to take on an extra responsibility at work, uh, which I said, Oh, sure. I was supposed, it was supposed to begin in August. Um, and I thought by that time, my son will be, I'll have one son in school, another son in preschool. Uh, I'll just have one kid at home. Sure, I can take that on. And <laughs> little, who would have guessed? Who would have guessed we would have been where we are today? Um, so it's, it has just, my plate has just been so, so full that even thinking about, we started um, working on going through our paperwork last summer and we just had to put it all on hold. Um, we just would not be able to foster well right now in this season. Um, but my son is returning to public school in January. Hopefully that uh, stays open. And um, then our middle child does, is doing preschool two days a week in person. And so once, once just one th something is removed from the plate, <laughs> I think that there will be room to begin the, the process to open our home back up. We do want to foster again. Uh, we, we firmly 
believe in birth families. And so we are entering foster care to support birth families at every possible opportunity. Um, what is it for our listeners, Kate, what does that mean supporting a birth family? Sure. So, um, we, um, our, the last foster child that we had, he was with us, um, right before, for about six months before we moved from South Texas up here. And, um, he was 10 days older than my youngest son. So virtually I had twins, toddler twins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the first thing that I did when her, when this little boy was placed with us was, um, I wrote a letter to his mom in it. I told her who we were. I started it with, um, I know it must be terrifying to have no idea who has your child. Uh, so I want you to know who we are. So I introduced ourselves and told a little bit about us. Um, and then I wrapped it up with saying, we basically, we are in your corner. We are, we're, we're going to do this with you. We believe in you. We are cheering you on. We are going to keep your child safe and cared for while you do the hard work. Uh, to get him back because he needs to be with you. Um, so I kind of, I started the relationship with saying, I believe in you. And then every opportunity we got when I, we, I, I see her um, at, or I would see her at, when I would take him for visitation and um, I would send her pictures of him, of activities he was doing throughout the week and little notes about what he was up to. just so she had, you know, she was away from him (laughs) in this very formative time in his life. And she's missing all these things. And I know it must have, it was killing her. Um, But I also would, would check in on her. And basically we just believed in her. I am not sure. And, and, And she said as much that she'd never had anyone in her life believe in her. Um. And so we supported in that sense. She and I eventually, eventually, once I realized I felt that she was safe and I and she was really working on getting healthy, um, she and I ended up exchanging numbers. And I would even, I'd have to, of course, get approval, get the okay from from caseworkers. But um, he needed a haircut, and so I picked her up. And she and let her choose where he got his haircut, how it was cut. I took her, I took them. We went, we did this together. You know, I tried to really partner with her as much as possible. And this was because I know other foster parents have said, oh, I could never do that because of where their, the birth mom was in life. But he, she was working hard. She was in a good, safe place. So I never would do anything to put the child in danger. Um, but I guess that's what I mean by we we want to support birth families. We want to see them succeed because a kid, a child needs to be with their people <laughs> when, when, when possible, when it's safe, when it's healthy. So yeah, does that kind of shed some light on what I mean? That explains it really yeah. well. Yeah, thank you. Sure. So, so we want to foster again and support birth families. Um, now with my child whom we adopted, um, I I have got 
to give her credit, I think that since her son was removed from her, I really do think that she has turned things around. She and I keep, um, keep in touch with each other as well a little bit, um, so that I can let her know what he's up to and what he's doing, uh, how, how he is. Um, and I really think as much as one can know from social media, you know, <laughs> we can be whatever we want on social media, but it seems like she's turned it around. So I've got to give her credit for that. However, when her rights were terminated, uh, she wasn't in a good place. She, it, and it didn't, it didn't seem like she could get there because there had been so many, the cycle had just been unbroken for so long. Um, so, so it doesn't always work out where bio family is the best situation for a child, but when it does, that's, that's an incredible thing. So we want to continue to support bio families whenever, whenever possible. Um, but ultimately we would love the opportunity to adopt again. We would love to have another child or two, um, if, if that presents itself, if that's part of our story and our journey. It sounds like so many parts of your journey, things happened when they were meant to happen. Not necessarily when you thought they should happen, but they just kind of unfolded. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I'm not the one uh, pulling the strings because everything has <laughs> unfolded so, so wonderfully. And, um, personally, I, I, I am a, um, a follower of Jesus. And I believe that in his, in, in the Lord's goodness, these things have unfolded so beautifully in our life. And that's not to say that it has been easy or painless. <laughs> it, there have been dark, dark, hard moments, um, if I may talk just a little bit about our two miscarriages, uh, they were brutal. I, I I cannot imagine a woman going through a miscarriage that isn't brutal. <laughs> uh, my my husband has commented before. You know, I became a dad when our when you gave birth to our son. You became a mom the moment you found out there was life within you, and that's so true we become, we, this attachment starts growing immediately. And, uh, to have, to have wanted something so badly, you want a child so badly. And then suddenly, finally your year of waiting or how multiple years of waiting, however long pays off and there's life within your womb. And then some short time later, <laughs> you find out that life is no longer viable. It's, it's excruciating um, and it's dark and it feels as much as my husband and I are in all things together. It was, he, he just couldn't experience or comprehend the pain at the same degree and level that I did. Um, so so not to say that all of our story was perfect or was easy and I would, gosh, uh, would I change it? That's a hard question. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking myself, you know, knowing what I know now, maybe not, but then, oof. Um, but, but it all led to a beautiful place, I guess I should say. Um, the pain and the suffering. And um, even with our, our, our first placement so the first little boy the very first boy that came into our lives he was with us for 11 months he went back to his mom for about 10 months and then he actually was removed again a second time and came back to us for another nine months or so and so this roller coaster of, of emotion and of journey and when she was in her lowest darkest place um she actually approached us about adopting him and wanted us to and so so he began to grow in my heart as my son again. And then, um, she turned it around and, and got better. And I, I, I praise her for that. And I'm so glad for how it's come. But at the time it was brutal to walk through thinking it was grief of losing my son, <laughs> even though he was going, he never was. And he was going back to her. It was grief still. So, um, yeah. But you know what the we I tell we tell our kids all the time when they're struggling and they're having a hard time with something and they're frustrated and they want to quit. We say our family does the hard things. We do the hard things. We don't quit. I know it's hard. You know, something as simple as mm, learning to tie a shoe <laughs> when they just want to give up and they're in almost tears. We say we do the hard things uh, because in the end, it's worth it. Oh, I love that. That's a really beautiful statement. Do you have any advice or tips for soon-to-be parents or uh, others that are navigating a similar situation to yours? Um, man, so I guess when it comes to um, infertility, um, there there are so many well-meaning people out there who say horrible things. <laughs> don't mean to. Uh, most people who, people are, 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 are good intentioned, really. Um, but they say these things that just hurt and pierce. Things like, um, well, when you're not trying, uh, you know, just, just relax. Just don't try. When you're not trying, that's when it'll happen. Well, how do you give up trying when you want something so desperately? How do you just say, oh, okay, we'll just stop <laughs> when it's yeah. all that you can think about and you're seeing these people. Um, I sat, I sat in a, in my OB's office with a 15 year old girl who was fully, fully pregnant about to pop. And that's, that's brutal <laughs> to, to see yeah. that and to bear. And, you know, um, and, and so I said, I think, the advice is you do you and you can't give up hope. Hope is the one thing that we have to cling to and your, your journey to parenthood may look very different than what you imagined it, what you hoped it would look like. But any journey to parenthood is, is a beautiful journey and is worth it. And whether that means that you turn to, um, adoption or you decide I will 
be the best damn aunt <laughs> I can be <laughs> to my to my nieces and nephews or um, whatever that is. Know that they're that your story is a beautiful story. It's just still being written. Uh, I love that you said that. We we interviewed um, Amanda about her birth story, and in her episode, she says, "This is the story being written." Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it, you know, it was about her birth story, her birth plan not going the way that she had hoped, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm trying to find acceptance in that, in that this is, this is the story that's being written, how it's being written. Yeah, that is beautiful. All right. Well, on that beautiful note, Kate, what is something you do to take care of yourself that you'll do this week to take care of yourself? Um, you know, I'm not sure how good I am all the time at taking care of myself, but I think, I think what I do is I, um, rely on my husband. I have, y'all, I have an awesome husband. Taylor knows him well. <laughs> um, and and he's all in this journey with me. And there are some nights when he's he calls to let me know he's on his way home from work. And I will say, I need you to be ready. When you come in that door, you're on. I need to tap out. <laughs> I need a few minutes. I need to go lock my door and lay down for 10 minutes. Or I need to take a walk or whatever it is, or even sometimes it's just, you're, you're on the rest of the night. I'm out. I can't, I can't do this for five more minutes. Um, and so I think I, I rely on him completely. I allow him to be the great dad that he is. I, I, and I don't feel guilty for, for letting him partner with me because that's what we are. We're partners and we're in this together. And it bothers me when I hear people say, um, my, you know, oh, my husband's watching the kids to give me a night off. Well, no, he's being a dad. <laughs> he's being yeah. So I think that's how I take care of myself is knowing when I really am at the point of just needing to, to tap out. Um, that's good. Being able to identify those needs and, and set that boundary and say, hey, you know, communicate. This is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can on a lighter note, can you share a success or a funny story from this week? Oh man, I should have so many funny stories. My kids crack me up all the time, but uh, I'm drawing a bit of a blank. But success, I will say, ending this semester with us all alive and well, <laughs> and and I don't mean to make light of physically alive, but um, we have emotionally survived. Uh, homeschooling and uh, quarantining and stay at home and all these things. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of us. I think that we've, I feel very accomplished and successful in how we as a family have navigated this. And um, if I can, how I was as a mother have navigated, not always beautifully (laughs) or gracefully, not always, but um at the end of 2020, I believe that my kids can firmly say that they are loved and happy and secure. So That's great. I'm going to count that as a win. Oh, I love that. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show with us, Kate. We loved having you on and thank you so much for opening up and being vulnerable with us and sharing all of the hard and beautiful parts of your story with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was it was a joy to share and it was a joy to uh, just kind of reminisce and look back and remember our story. And thank you for that opportunity. Oh, thank you. And to our listeners, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and makes sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.